I want to talk to you for a little while on this subject, active faith. Active faith. We find one of the great hallmark scriptures that many of us go to on faith. We find that in Hebrews 11th chapter in the first verse. Simply starts like this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Second verse says, for by it the elders obtained a good report. The good report was simply because they stayed in obedience to God's word. People that don't want to stay in the word or find the truth are people that are not full of faith. They're faithless. But those that have faith seek the truth. They seek what is real rather than just a religion institution and entity. But they look for the truth. And I believe that all of us should have the desire to find a good report in our obedience. But a bad report would simply be the opposite because that is one who disregards the obedience of God and just does whatever they want rather than choose to give themselves to the Lord. Then it says in the third verse of Hebrews 11 chapter, through faith we understand that the worlds are framed by the word of God. The worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Faith is the active creative power of God. The worlds were created through faith. And all of mankind's existence rests upon the faith of God's Word. We breathe because of God's Word. We walk because of God's Word. We speak because of God's Word. And we live because of God's Word. And it says in Acts 17, 28, For in Him we live and move and have our being. Then it goes on to say, As certain also of your own poets have said, For we are also his, everybody say his offspring. When it talks about his offspring, he's talking about the seed of the Spirit of God. Not a tangible God, but the Spirit of this God. So in order to commune with the Spirit of God, you have to have faith. You got to hear what I'm talking about today because if you're not careful, you'll come to church and you'll get connected to everything that is tangible and still miss a God that is moving through our midst right now. If you're not careful, you'll look at the, the, the tangible things and the songs and even the preaching and miss this God that can only be touched by faith. We can say we've had good church. We can really feel good about being here today because 
It has emotionally moved us. But I'm going to tell you, we have never had good church until God moves among us in a way that we are absolutely 100% and unequivocally changed by the Spirit of God. The Lord is looking for people right now that will reach out in faith and say, I want to commune with you. I want to work with you. I want to reside with you. I want to be a God to you on behalf of every situation and every need you have in your life. It says, For in Him we live and move and have our being as certain also of, of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. 29th verse, though, says in Acts 17, for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not think that the Godhead or the understanding of God is like unto gold or like unto silver or like unto a stone graven by the art and man's device. What he's simply saying is, God is not tangible. He's not a God of a new car. He's not a God of a new house. And he's not a God of possessions. Come on, somebody help me now. He's not a God of fortune and fame. But I will propose to you this God that I'm talking about will bless you. But that's not how you define my God. Not just because you got a new house. That's not my God. He's bigger. He's greater than those things that you will ever possess in your life. He's bigger than your healing. Come on, somebody help me. Whether I get healed or not, he's still God. Whether I get a new house or not, he's still God. Whether I'm blessed or not, he's still God. And when I come to that conclusion, I realize that I must reach out in my faith in order to commune with this spiritual God. Hey. He's not a God of a new car. He's not a God of a house or fortune and fame. He will bless you, but he's not defined by that. God doesn't have to bless you to be God. Because many times we come to church and we're waiting for our blessing. And we come to church and we expect God to do something for us. But the time will come when you'll cut into your faith and you'll dig deep down into your spirit. And you'll say, God, it doesn't matter whether I go through hell or high water. I'm going to love you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to walk with you. And I'm going to commune with you. Because it's not the things you give me, but rather it's my faith that I have in you. Uh, when my kids were growing up, and they were just little, they wanted stuff all the time. We'd go to Walmart, daddy would go broke buying them everything they wanted. There were times where my kids wanted things, but I wanted them to understand I'm still dad even when I don't give my children everything they want. There were times when I have to say to my children, have faith in your father. Have faith in your father that he knows what's best for you. But I am more than Walmart. I am more than Target. I'm more than the toys I buy you and you put in your toy box. And there were specifically two reasons I just didn't give my kids everything they wanted. One was... 
I didn't want my kids to think they were entitled. Because entitlement says when I come to church, this is what I expect from God. And if God doesn't give me what I expect, then he's not God. It's entitlement. We're living in a world where everybody wants something for nothing. And if they don't get what they want, then they believe everybody else is wrong and they're the only one that's right. Man, I'm going to beat this spirit up today because I believe there's a spirit that's entering into the church of this age that is trying to convince us that it's all about what God gives us. No, somewhere we need to put God back on the throne and say the heavens is his throne. The earth is his footstool. He doesn't owe me anything. If I get anything, it'll be a privilege when this God blesses me. But I'm going to love him, live for him, and know him and commune with him even when I don't get what I want. So one is that I didn't want my kids to think they were entitled. Second reason I didn't give my kids everything they wanted. Second reason was because I wanted them to know I'm more than the things I give them. I love them. Don't forget that, children. When I discipline you, I still love you. I wanted them to know that there's more than Walmart. I'm committed to you. As a father, I would die for you. I wanted them to know that what defines me is more than what I can offer you in, in money and things and enjoyment of life. This is the way I feel about my God. And while I'm here, I see him much more than just what he gives me. I don't bow my knee in his presence because of all the blessings I have. I bow my knee because of my reverence to this holy God that is present among us right now. And when he doesn't give me what I want, I'm still going to bow my knee because he's still God in my life. And I just wonder if I've got a witness with anybody here today that says he's going to be my God no matter what comes and what goes. He's still my God. I'm going to reverence him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to respect him and I'm going to be committed to him. There's a third reason, though. One is I didn't want my kids to think they were entitled. Number two, I didn't want them. My kids, I wanted them to know that I was more than just the things I give them. That was the second reason. But the third one is I wanted them to enjoy people more than things. I wanted them to enjoy people more than things. Many of you may not know this, but this is my mom and dad right here. This is my dad. He's 88 years old. And my mom is 87 years old. Let me tell you, the older I get, the more I realize how much they mean to me. We didn't have a whole lot growing up. 
but I had my family. I had my family. If I can put anything into my children, if I can put anything into my grandbabies, that's one thing I want them to know, that there's nothing more important than people that are around you. When you have God in your life and you realize how important that is, then you'll say, I don't care about things. I want to know people for who they are. That's what the church is all about. The world needs to know you love them. The world needs to know that you care about them. The world needs to know that you have this desire in you to know them, not for what they can give you. Amen. I'm finding people as this church grows, people coming out of the woodwork wouldn't even be my friend until now. Amen. I don't have time here for your what you call friendship. I'd rather walk down the path by myself than just to be around people that want me for what I can offer them. Because there's much more to this thing, living for God, than just what God has to offer and what people have to offer. Somebody shout hallelujah. I want them to enjoy people. So he says in the 29th verse, for as much, for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead or the understanding of God is about gold, and the understanding of God is about silver, but the understanding of God is about stone graven by art and man's device. It goes on in the 30th verse. And the times of this ignorance, God winked. He winked at it. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. What he is saying is he winked at the old law of things that were only about possessions. But he says it's time to repent for those things that are only about possession are not a God or the Godhead. The Godhead is understand is understanding who he is only through faith, not through things. Have faith in your Father. Have faith in God. That He knows what you need better than you know yourself. And then we go back to Hebrews 11 chapter and 6 verse. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Why? Because he can't even be touched by those things that are temporal. It has to be in faith from spirit to spirit that communes with this God. It's impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must everybody say believe that he is. Believe that he is 
and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This is interesting because the reward is taken out of context for many people because they think that God is referring to just stuff. But when he talks about a rewarder, is that he is the one that gives you power. Power not for possession, but power for salvation. He says that's what faith will do for you. Faith will give you the power to overcome the things in your life so that you can be saved. A rewarder of them that diligently persist at seeking after God. It's faith. Trust Him. Salvation is a spiritual encounter with God. We probably should talk more about this in our churches and talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost because that is the true understanding of the Godhead or who God is. It's not about possessions and it's not about people, but it's about salvation. You have to believe before you can approach the God that can save you. Every song we sing is to help you believe. Every hand that we shake, we give to you simply to help you believe. Every sermon that I preach simply to help you believe. Every altar call that we take is simply to help you believe. Why? 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 It continues. Let me read it again in Hebrews 11.6. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. Why? Because He's looking for someone in their faith to believe that you can be saved. One more point I want to make, and I'm not going to, let, I'm not going to hold you long. I know I'm the only thing standing between you and lunch. But there are a lot of you that have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. How many of you have experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Raise your hand. Most of you. But that doesn't mean you put your faith down. Just because you've experienced it the initial time. Now it's time for you to fight the good fight of faith. It's time for you to rise up and be counted as one that's going to stand in the midst of your storm and say, God, I have it, but I need you to come to help me overcome the obstacles that I will face on this journey to your promise. First John, the second chapter, the twelfth verse. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning, I write unto you. Young men, because you have overcome the wicked one, I write unto you. Little children, because you have known the father. 
he's showing us a relationship here. Your relationship with the Father is greater than the problem. That's what he's saying. Because all of us are going to face issues. All of us are going to face things in our life. When you go to the doctor and you don't get the report that you wanted, you're going to face a challenge that will also challenge your faith. But he says you can overcome. Not because of the blessing so much as you can overcome because of your faith in God. I have to tell you this because there are times when I prayed and I didn't get the answer that I wanted. And as I'm praying, I'm asking God, God, I really need you to intervene right now. I have a family member that is sick. God, would you heal them? You tell me in your word that you will heal them. And I hold on to that and I have faith to that. And when I don't get my answer, my faith is then challenged. Then I realize, Lord, I'm making this all about me and what I want rather than simply trusting you. I've created this into something that is truly wicked because this could be the very thing that I don't get what I want. I'm turning it into wickedness because I'm not getting what I want and I lose my faith in you, God. And if I do that, then I will be lost. I've got to keep my faith in you, Lord. I've got to keep my faith in you, Lord. That is active faith. I'm not going to tell you you're going to get all the answers you want, but I'm going to tell you he'll still be God. It might not turn out the way you thought it should, but I'm telling you, he's still God. And when I understand it or not, I know that all things work together for good to them that love him. And I'm going to trust him when I even don't understand why I am facing the things that I am facing. We can overcome. I said we can overcome. Oh, I'm talking to a church today. Don't lose your faith. Activate your faith and trust in your God. There is nothing impossible with Him. But the impossibilities, the impossibilities, the impossibilities. Many times is when we think God should do it one way when God's plan is to do it another. And then we thought it was impossible for God. We're all going to face issues. We're going to face issues. I don't really know who I'm talking to today, but you you came in here today and you're just about ready to quit and give up. Perhaps you was even ready to give up in life. And you're like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not getting my answers. I'm not getting my answers. I'm not getting my answers. Where do I go from here? I, I can't go any further. I've exhausted all my energy. I've exhausted all my silver, my gold. Here I am. Where is this God? I can't feel him anymore in the gold and my money that I have. And I can't feel him anymore in the silver that I have. And and I can't feel him in what image I've created him to be. Where is this God? And he's saying all the while, keep your faith. 
Why? 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 Because when you've done all you can to stand. When you've done all you can. You've exhausted all your energy and you don't know which way to go and everything seems to be falling apart. God says, don't quit now. I got you right where I want you. You can do it now. God says, I'm going to show up and do the very thing you thought was impossible. That's why we find in Revelation, the third chapter and 21st verse, it says, to him that overcome He's speaking to the hawks, to the Laodicean church, a church that is lazy, a church that is lukewarm, a church that is on one side and the other at the same time. He said, to him that overcometh, he said, I will grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He was speaking to the Laodicean people who was complacent and happy in their laziness. Then he says, to him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me. He's saying, I need some people that are active. I need some people that are moving. I need some people that are pursuing. I need some people that are passionate. They're, I don't need people that are lack of commitment and lazy and people that use excuses and are unfaithful. I need someone that's constantly pursuing after those things of God. The answers that come from His throne rather than the answers that come from my own mind. Conclusion here today. First John 4, 4 says, Ye are God, little children. Ye are God, little children, and overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The last thing I want to say in conclusion here today is putting your faith in the wrong people. Having faith in people. I, I've watched this so, so many times. And often I've noticed that where a pastor, uh, somehow if a pastor is passes away or a pastor falls, then a whole bunch of people fall as well. Why is that? Why, why do we put so much faith in a preacher when the preacher is not the one that saves you in the first place? And then when the preacher falls, how is it that you blame God for what the preacher did? Come on. You're blaming God because the preacher was human and he did something he wasn't supposed to do and you say, it's God's fault? Are you out of your mind? Be careful that you don't put your faith in people. No matter how many day, times your mother prays a day, no matter how much of a commitment your father makes to the church, they're going to mess up. They're going to make mistakes. And don't you lose your faith in God because of what people do. That's why in Second Peter, the second chapter, in the 19th verse, it says, While they promise them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. While they promise you liberty, they're the ones that are struggling just as much as you are. They promise liberty, but they themselves are servants to corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same he is brought into bondage. Be careful who you listen to. 
and give your ear to because not everybody that says, I want you to have liberty under even understand what liberty is about because they're in bondage themselves. What I'm saying is active faith knows how to choose the right people in your life. People that are real but are willing to be honest with themselves and make correction and not continue to leave, live in corruption. Overcome. In Romans 3, 4, last scripture. I'm sorry, I'm going to be done, but God forbid. Yea, let God be true and every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. He says you will be judged. But when you're judged, Jesus then takes the penalty and he will take your place. All I'm asking you today as you stand is to step out in faith. When your sins find you in the courtroom to be judged, Jesus steps in and says to a Shane, I'll take your place, Shane. You deserve the penalty, Shane, but I'm going to take your place. Freddie, you walk into the courtroom. You are found guilty of your crimes. And Jesus says, I'll take his place. Sister Williams, Spiritual mama of the church, you were found guilty, but he took your place. Every one of us have this opportunity to commune with this God that wants to take away your sins and stand in your place when you deserve it, but yet he is the one that died for you that you might have life. It's not about things right now. It's not about money. It's not about what car you drive right now. It's not about how big your house is and how beautiful your wife or how handsome and big and muscular he is. And, and it's not about uh, the beautiful face and how talented they are on the platform. It's not about any of that. Right now, it's about just you and God saying, I want to give you power to possess salvation.